0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 73 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, and a big welcome for the second week in a row to our Facebook Live viewers as they come along for this latest experiment. For those of you in podcast land, if you want to see what happens here on the podcast, we have moved temporarily from our cozy little area on second floor, which we really like, and we're down to the worship center. We set up a camera and voila. Here we are, for better or for worse, with faces made for radio. But there are actual (laughs) benefits to tuning into Facebook. So if you're just listening on the podcast, you can go back and actually see an extended version of what we're talking about. Any questions or comments that you want to leave right there, that makes it easy. But, of course, you can always leave us comments. If you go to the Florida Hospital Church mobile app, there are ways to leave a text. You can leave a voicemail. You can send an email. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, you can do that at hospitalchurch.org slash F-H-C-A-P-P. Before we begin, last week our episode was entitled By Grace Alone, which was by Annie McDonald, and we decided that all of heaven, all of eternity, and all of you you need to be is given to you by the grace of God. Great message, and if you haven't listened to that message or the podcast or the Facebook Live, see we're giving you a lot of different ways to consume <laughs> this, you can go and do that now. On to this week. This is part three of five of the Pillars of the Reformation series, and it was by Richard Hickam. And last week, I have to admit, I don't believe I'd ever heard Richard speak before. So it has been 600 and some odd days. Since yes, that uh, 692, was it? And 89 well, Sabbath, something well. like that? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, they can only handle a
0: little, little bit, bit of, of Richard at a time. A little bit of potency. <laughs> so I left the episode with, if Richard's half as good a musician as he is a speaker, we're probably in good hands. And yeah. it turns out we were. And I liked the way that the summary paragraph from your message outlined this week. It referenced Martin Luther saying, A simple layman armed with Scripture is greater than the mightiest pope without it. Sola Scriptura is the teaching that Scripture is the church's only infallible and sufficient rule for deciding issues of faith and practices that involve doctrines. While the Bible does not contain all knowledge, it does contain that which is necessary for salvation. Can Scripture be Trusted? So that's really the question we're Mm -hmm. trying to figure out is, can and why should Scripture be trusted? As you started to prepare for the message, Richard, what was your thought on answering that question? Just as – I mean we showed that video uh, in the message, which you want to go back and take a look at because it was fairly humorous. But I think a lot of people would relate to the fact that sometimes we don't know how to answer that question.
1: It's a great question. Well, before we go there, Randy (laughs) – <laughs> I would just like to remind our viewers about our upcoming concert 11am <laughs> right here on uh, Florida Hospital Church
2: <laughs> can I just
1: hijack your podcast <laughs> you sure before can. I get to the primacy you of the want to out of your box?
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Before I get laughs> he believes in the primacy of scripture behind his musical yes. concert yes. this yes. Sabbath at 11 There's o'clock a new album here. Coming out 11
1: <laughs> o'clock we're going to have a little mini preview concert 11 to 11.30 for lifelong worship but I digress. <laughs> Let's go back to the primacy. It's a good digress. <laughs> That's of, it. Of Scripture. That's it. So all of these topics tie together, saved by grace, saved by faith, all these things, they all point back to Scripture. And we, don't, we can't observe that in nature. It's something that has to come from written word, from the way God revealed himself to the prophets, to the writers, to the poets, to the, the sheep herders, everyone that recorded Scripture. So you can look at it through a number of contexts, through history, through what's been able to have been proven as much as anything in the past has been able to be proved through the lens of prophecy, the many prophecies that were fulfilled, particularly of Jesus Christ, his coming as we look to the the big arch of Scripture and the story that it tells. And then uh, finally, for me, the personal revelation that I've observed in my life, in relationships, in the moral code imprinted on humanity— those are the reasons for me that it's true.
2: You have to prove its trustworthiness to your own trying it. I mean, is that bridge trustworthy to cross? Well, after I've crossed it a couple of times, I'll say, yeah, it's a trustworthy <laughs> bridge. <you know>? And <laughs> sure. so I, I think opening Scripture and letting Scripture speak into our lives and watching how it affects us helps us build the trustworthiness. I, I love one of the persons in the little uh, movie interview kind of thing, a man on the street about, I know the author, and so yeah. it's trustworthy. And I thought, ah, that's, really, that's really a pretty cool perspective as well. I like yeah.
0: that because for me personally, I just felt like, or I've always felt like the Bible was just more common sense.
2: Mm.
0: You can look at the cause and effect and you can pretty much say, well, I may not agree with every last thing or I might not understand every last thing. But when you look at what the even, even simple th- things like the Bible showing us what might be good for us, what might not be good right. for us. Common sense usually kind of pans those out where you look at them and go, man, that was pretty spot on. I, you well, know, this went better. This did not go so well.
2: <laughs> well, let's consider wisdom literature. And I, I like Andy Stanley's sermon where he talks about, "I'll oh, stop worrying about doing the right thing from <laughs> right, an ethical perspective, but just do the wise, wise thing. thing. And the wise thing will end up probably being the right thing, the ethical yeah. thing as well.
3: Yeah, we have ancient history and we have recorded history. We have the history that it sometimes gets lost in mythology and legend and so forth but when you look at down through the ages how scripture has affected the lives of even of people even during recorded history you know we have the right. new testament and you kind of see how the bible even then scripture affected how the the lives of those people even in recorded history those lives were changed and it changed culture and we have to look at even that as a i think a paradigm shift in the way in which people thought, and how Scripture has affected Christianity, which affected culture.
2: Well, it's been, I was really fascinated in Richard's message about how embedded it is, even in our culture today, that we don't think about it. Sure. You yeah. Know, places that it's written and it's quoted, and a phrase from it, or, or it, within very what we consider secular culture even, but it's still sort of embedded there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You,
2: did you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. he did. He did. <laughs> Yes. You're like, oh, sure you were looking like I'm not did. sure. <laughs>
0: well, and it's funny because the first week that we're the usual three are back, we start getting ahead and we start Sorry answering questions. Yeah, well, no, which, which is perfect, which is perfect because <laughs> it really set up. I was thinking about when you, you stop and think about what Jeff just talked about, the history and the impact that the Bible has had on the world. And, you know, Richard, you'd mentioned that we needed to use the ears or maybe today the eyes and the ears of the authors of Scripture and the time and the way that it was meant. But, you know, as the video we just talked about showed the Bible, you know, why should we still care about it? It it can be difficult to explain because if you couple that with an increasingly secular society and views on organized religion and things of that nature, how can those eyes and ears accurately portray the Bible as something that's still relevant to people that haven't had that exposure, maybe that we have, that have tried it and said, yeah, this, this kind of works for me, or they're just going off of what they hear. It's like, oh, that's just that crazy Christianity in that book that's so old. It's just a bunch of stories. How do we still help those eyes and ears to take that in and to give it a chance?
1: It's a great question. There are so many voices crying out in modern sure. society. You know, it's our responsibility and duty obligation to put forward what we see as the truth in that this loving God, this God of reconciliation, this God of redemption. And that's, that's the big arc of the story. And it's so easy to go down these rabbit holes of, <laughs> uh, you know, God said this, God did this in the Old Testament. I don't, sure. I, I don't get it, or and, and people bring out these stories, the individual things, but it's so imperative that we understand the big picture first before we understand uh, you know the theological term the the hermeneutics what is the interpretation of the passage and, and and that's when we can get into you know some of these secondary sources to help us understand what was going on in the culture and why what was the deal what, why are they telling women to be quiet well you know it's does that stand for all eternity or is that related to that culture there's there're things that are helpful for us to understand
2: and how does that fit in the overall overall arching Arch. thing oftentimes you know you can take a, you can take any perspective you want, and you can find a Bible verse that will support it probably, (laughs) but but if you put all the verses together and say, okay, this is what the Bible teaches as a whole, now how does this part get interpreted by the whole versus how does the whole, I mean, the the part pull the whole away? Mm -hmm. And so you, you really have to look at the whole of Scripture. That's what Richard's, I think, there that you want to know what the original authors meant what they were saying in their culture you see the whole arching theme of scripture you know this god of love and reconciliation and so now here's a piece of one or two verses maybe in this story that don't look like that at all right and so how do we figure out those verses in relationship to that overall
3: arch because it has to match it but i think that's part of the confusion that you had a graph that you put up that showed the i think there was a there was a comparison between Protestants and Catholics as they related to this issue. You brought up the one about faith and uh, faith alone. Mm-hmm. But there was also one right below it that had Scripture alone there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the confusion is that some people say, well, I can interpret these things as a whole. I need help. I need." Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we get confused as to what does it mean by having outside sources to help me with context or with mm-hmm. historical perspective and so forth and what it means to be Bible alone. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we say, well, maybe I should get that help.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. I think if you're getting the help so you can understand the overall arching theme of Scripture, that's good help to get. Right. I think where we get messed up sometimes is if we go to a, a single passage, we go get other voices that don't agree with our overall arching theme. Then we can go down some really bad r- yeah. rabbit trails yeah. mm-hmm. as well.
0: But what we've been talking about, we we went to grace alone. We've been faith alone. But essentially those have nothing to stand on without this, right? I mean
2: this has to be the foundation mm-hmm. or the most important part, right, mm-hmm. of, of all of that? Yeah, normally in a series you would start with this, but Richard wanted it, so I had to start somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> It's true. It, it is true. The, the dark, well, thanks, the Richard. dark truth here
1: is that they were all gone this week. And so that's why, and I said, if I'm going to preach, I'm going to preach oh, we on knew this knew it was going to come out. Yeah, exactly. okay. yeah. Well, I just don't
0: want there to be any confusion because right. I think that when you look at it, and sometimes I think we take for granted the logic of things mm-hmm. when it comes to this, and I just don't want anyone to be confused on that, but... The other part that made me think about when I started to listen, when I listened to the message and I read through your transcripts, many associate worship with praying or attending a church or a worship service. And I think that you're someone that leads worship and musician. And what do the scriptures say that worship looks like? I mean, are we just stuck to whatever day you're at church and you're participating? Is it a full-time thing? Is it a part-time thing? What, What does worship look like? Or at least what does it look like to Richard?
1: Can we reset that clock, please?
0: Oh we, no! We're going to need way more time. We're going to need a
1: lot of time. I to went unpack. to that one too early, didn't I?
0: <laughs> way too so, early.
1: The essence is that life is worship, mm-hmm. and we are constantly faced with: are we going to are we going to allow God to be first in our lives or not? And if we are, then most things can fall under that umbrella. Now we set aside some specific times to focus in on... Corporate worship, if that, right. so that if that's the where you're going, yeah. And there's one one little piece that I alluded to in the sermon that I didn't get to talk about. I just want to hit it really quick, and that is, if you look at a service, any service from any denomination, really, you have these different aspects of worship that we do. So you know, and we do things with our with our bodies. So we stand, we sit, we kneel, sure. uh, we raise our hands. These are all things that we take from Scripture. Things that that are all happen. And then there's these elements of reading Scripture, the sermon the music, the greetings, those types of things that happen and how how do they change and what's the order of priority? And the thing that I, that I didn't get to is that of if I was going to rate those things and what is really most important, I believe from my reading and understanding that the most important thing that we can do is to read scripture in a service. That is when God is speaking to us. The other things are how we respond to him or how we sing to him or how we honor him. But that's first where we hear him. And if it, it, everything is based on God reaching out to us. So for God to reach out to us, he has to speak mm-hmm. or act in some way. So those other things are responses. They're all things that we do. And all, and this is come from me as a musician, guys. Sure, no, so, I get it. So, yeah. I, so I love what I do. It's important, but I would do it. And in, within the course of time... The sermon is now the most important, and and I don't only if it lifts up Scripture,
2: it, you know. Because I preached a lot of sermons, and I've heard a lot of sermons, and I've preached some really bad sermons <laughs> that weren't very scripturally based. And so, if the sermon is holding up Scripture, and it's you're reading Scripture, you're exegeting Scripture, mm-hmm. then that is Scripture being spoken to the congregation. Yes. If you're picking a topical idea and reading some kind of books about it, and you know maybe never even refer to Scripture or don't have any scriptural basis for what you're saying. That's a, a human endeavor that, that we ought to just stop that's and just read a, a couple lecture. Of, it's a good, lecture. That's it's a good self lecture. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, is the, the, um, you were saying reading scripture is so critical, and that we build that back into our services. It's as part, as part of our worship. And everyday life being worshiped, the, the whole life being worshiped. Everybody worships something. Yeah. Whether they're a churchgoer or a non churchgoer, everybody's a worshiper. Work. Yeah. And so, what, what's your top priority is what you worship. And so we're always calling people to put God there, sure. And, and Scripture we believe says to do that. And so Scripture gets up right up there with God because it's His word to us.
1: And that was the Jewish way of life. Yeah, it was all. It wasn't
2: the separate categories. Mm-hmm. It but was I would all... say we worship
3: with Scripture. Yeah. yeah. wouldn't say we worship. No. Scripture. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right.
2: But Scripture leads us to worship. Right. It's it's it's, all, it's a calling us to worship. It, it's it's a high yeah. priority because it does that.
3: We really
0: can't essentially worship without Scripture— and yet there's so many other components to it do we enhance our worship when we start combining those things like in a corporate worship service i mean is that a mm-hmm. is that a reason for someone who maybe has never attended either online or in person to a service and those of us that do it all the time I mean, maybe we get a little jaded but every once in a while you you go and you have an experience whether it's the scripture it's a combination of drama and music and the message and scripture and you put it all together and for some reason it just hits that chord where you leave that day feeling like wow there was an experience. I felt God today here. And so I'm just hoping that there's a way that we can explain that to someone that maybe
2: hasn't had that experience or. When we do it best, we've thought very clearly about the message for the day based upon scripture. Yeah. And then that scripture, we say, how, how can music enhance that? How can drama enhance that? How can a reading of scripture enhance that? How can a testimony enhance that? How can a piece of video enhance that so that that scripture, a word from God, Gets anchored in our lives, and that's why in a corporate setting, when you have all these angles pushing it towards you, it does help. It, it's, sure, it's, a, it's a, all of a sudden a song that Richard's picked out that matches the scripture's message. You can send that into your heart and your soul in a way that you know a zillion words can't. But with a, with music to get combined, it does. Or a person's personal testimony about how this changed my life that can just alter everything.
1: I'm going to add to that. Also, it's you can see God moving in this week. Phil read during the special music and he said the exact same things that I was saying. We had not talked about any of these kind of things. And so when that happened and he and I caught eyes and talked about it, it's like we recognize the Spirit of God is at work. Mm -hmm. Another part about that is the Spirit of God when we have prepared our hearts as worshipers and as those who are giving the message. So every time I'm up here, we, there, there's a special kind of preparation, just that I'm in tune with, mm-hmm. with God and what's going on in my teams. We're all praying, connected spiritually. And and the same for those who are coming in as worshipers. You know, we talk about consumer worship versus you know what am I getting versus what am I giving. And so when you come and you've prepared your heart, to communicate with God, to do it, then you are able to receive that message more fully and recognize how all those pieces fit together. That's right.
0: Well, as always, we are coming up short on time for what we have to say, so we're going to have to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. But I would encourage anyone that's listening, if you haven't ever shared the podcast or the Facebook Live, go ahead and do that because, you know, what Richard just said, that kind of worship experience happens here at the Florida Hospital Church on a real regular basis. It's an effort that you can see the time and the thought that tries Mm -hmm. to pull everything together to give you that worship experience. And if you're not sure how you even prepare yourself like Richard was just talking about, that's something we can help you with as well. Get yourself prepared to come to worship. But as we start to wrap up, one of our FHD takeaways from this past week asked, how much time in your daily life should be given to the reading of Scripture? reflecting and meditating on scripture. Would love to hear what your rituals are. If you have one that you're happy with and seems to work for you, and you know maybe it's something that someone else hasn't thought of and it could be a way up to help somebody else, would love to hear that. You can share that directly in the FHC mobile app in many different ways, but you can check on the podcast tab and they are all there. Final thoughts. This week, we wrap up with two sentences from Richard's message near the end. He said, My friends, I hear from some of you from time to time that you're waiting for God to speak. I would answer you to be still, read the pages of the Bible, and listen. And that's pretty good advice. (laughs) So upcoming this week, we are back to our once-a-month series from the heart with a message entitled Mind the
3: Gap. And is that you, Andy?
0: Jeff, it's Jeff. Oh, Jeff.
3: Oh, it's, Jeff, woohoo! Yeah, we're going to be doing the gap between orthopraxy and orthodoxy, and what is it that causes a lot of those gaps at
1: times? And we just unpack what those two mean in case somebody doesn't.
3: Well, orthopraxy is typically that which we would deem correct conduct or behavior, and orthodoxy would be which we would deem correct teaching or doctrines.
0: Oh, this could be a can of worms by the time we get to (laughs) next Wednesday. That's why Jeff's preaching. (laughs) That's why
3: Jeff's preaching.
0: (laughs) All right, Facebook friends, stick around for a few minutes, and if there's been any questions or comments, we will answer those before signing off. But for the podcast, until next Wednesday in Episode 74, this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, Richard, Tom, and Stanley saying thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you then.